So as I was laying on the floor in this house, it's called the Methodist house. Before I, before I laid down, I looked up the word Methodist and it meant river. It meant a rhythm or a river that flows. It meant other things as well, like method, methodology, but it led me to the word river. And um, on the house, it was established in 1888. It was actually built in 1874 by Thomas Edison's father-in-law. And uh, the first time I was in Chautauqua, which means resurrected body, God gave me a vision on the floor of another house I was laying in on Park, and it was the house number was 38. And I preached on the number 16 and what it meant. It meant coronation and how 2016 is the coronation of the bride. And the temperature dropped to 16 degrees. And I told the people that if what I was speaking was not of God, that the earth would not testify, nor the heavens, nor anything else. But if I was speaking the word of the Lord, there would be witnesses and they would testify. And the, and the temperature dropped, just like I said. I didn't know that would be the witness, but it did. I had been in a place called Ohio, Canal Fulton, before going there, and I preached on what real captivity was and how we come out of captivity and how it's in the brain-heart connection. And I told them, if what I'm telling you is true, the earth will testify. And three earthquakes happened in the same city, all 6.2, and the name of the city meant chain or chain link, which is exactly what I was talking about in the brain, the chain link protein that keeps us held captive. As a man thinks, so is he, and whatever you believe, you'll have. The word Fulton means the fullness of judgment. It means the time of judgment coming to a completion. So I travel from there, which is in Ohio. Ohio means the eyes. It means to see. And I go through Pennsylvania, which means head. And I travel along Lake Erie, which means fear. And I go to New York, which means new earth. And I stay in Chautauqua, which means resurrected body. And I preach about the bride and her crown. Now, when Jesus said, it is finished, and he was on the cross, he didn't just say, it's complete. He was saying much more than that. He was saying that a husband's wife is his crown and glory. It's his completion. It's what makes him full. Because without his wife, he has no place for his seed. And without a place for his seed, he has no heritage. And without no heritage, he has no family. So he was saying, when he said it is finished, he was saying, this is my bride. This is my crown and glory. So I'm in a place called Chautauqua, and I'm preaching on the number 16. The number 16 means the fullness of unity inside of man. When man sees unity, and he's at peace, on the inside. 17 cannot come until 16 is complete. And 17 means the fullness of peace on earth. It means the fullness of the Sabbath on earth as it is in heaven. So when I go back this time, I land in Cleveland. And a man shall leave his wife, I mean, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave unto his wife. And the word... Eve is in the word cleave. And the word cleave land means the land where he cleaves. And that's humans. Humans are made out of dust and God's going to cleave to his bride. And he's going to leave heaven again, whatever that looks like, and he's going to come and be united with his bride. And he's going to bring a new Jerusalem with him, a new earth. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and there should be no end to his reign. 
And so I'm in the place of New York, which means New Earth. And I'm in Chautauqua Lake, which means resurrected body. And on that piece of ground, a man by the name of Thomas Edison lived and was inventing all sorts of things. He had 1,093 patents. Now, I'm going to give you a little backdrop before I tell you about a little bit more about Thomas Edison. In 2014, I had never heard of the courts of heaven, and if I had, I had no remembrance of it. I had been out of church for 12 years. And when God told me to go back, he knit me with Shay and Chuck that very day. And I was prophesied over by Ron Teal, Brandon Cornelius and some other lady. I don't know her name. But in 2014, I had a, an encounter where I woke up and I started saying some things. I didn't have a clue what I was saying, but I'll do the best to repeat it. I said, 11, 11, make it known. 11, 11, the two become one. Heaven and earth, male and female, seen and unseen, negative, positive. And I just started naming all these dualities. And I told the great cloud of witnesses and heavenly hosts, I said, take this to the heavens and make it known. I said, and make ready the, the mandrakes and the venison. My husband said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I got up and I typed it down. A year later, well, let me say before the year later, that November, that was somewhere in the fall around Rosh Hashan. In November... I wrote a prophecy out in the form of what's called poetic prose. And I, it came to me very, very fast. It's in one of my books. It's in um, A Heart Unveiled. And in that prose, at the end, it says, and the galaxies gathered to witness or testify. Just sounded like poetry to me. But a year later on Rosh Hashan, 2015, two galaxies united and came together. Now, two galaxies in the center, they have black holes. There are two forces that I'm aware of in all of creation that has been revealed to me in Scripture and in the earth based on Romans 1 and 20, and they reveal the Godhead. And those two powers are the power of negative and the power of positive. And one without the other can't manifest. And when the two manifest together, all things are possible. So even at the atomic or subatomic level, the, the positive, the negative, and the neutral is necessary for anything to exist. It's called the atom, A-T-O-M. Can, it can also be seen in the A-D-A-M. And so um, on Rosh Hashan, in 2015, two galaxies came together, and the actual blast as a result of those two galaxies coming together bent gravity in such a way that it was recorded for the first time ever. And that was prophesied in 1916 by um, Einstein. In 1916, two other things occurred. Planned Parenthood occurred. They just celebrated their 100th anniversary this year in October on the 16th. Also, Azusa Street Revival took place and ended in 1916. And one night... After I prophesied all that stuff um, in December, the Lord kept telling me 1916, and I couldn't find anything that made sense. I found a bunch of random information, but what was I going to do with that random information? 
So I just told my husband, I said, God keeps telling me 1916, but I don't know what it means. I said, I'm just going to watch a movie. So I just pulled up a Disney movie. He's watching TV. And I put my earphones in, and I'm going to watch um, Anastasia, just because I hadn't seen it before. And the very first scene says, in the year 1916. And I stopped the video and rewound it and showed my husband. I said, look at this. He said, what's that mean? I said, I don't know. I'm just telling you that this is a witness that I told you. I heard God say 1916. I don't know what it means, but here it is again. Now, I didn't know it at that time, but those two galaxies had already come together on Rosh Hashanah. And I had prophesied it two times the year before, not even knowing I prophesied it. So in December, after I have this 1916 thing, and I won't go into Anastasia, because I I, I'm not kidding you, I could literally testify of this many specific things for probably 10 or 12 hours straight and not be done. I'm, 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 not, I'm not exaggerating. And so um, I go to sleep in December 2015, and I go into the universe, and I see time-space continuum. I know that's just a dream. But for some reason that I can't explain, I reached out and I grabbed one of the lines on time-space continuum and I pulled it to me and it bent like the cornucopia and I went, oh my God, I think I just bent time. And I freaked out and I woke up. And I told Michael, I said, I just had a dream that I'm not sure if it was just a dream. Now, I'm sure at this moment Michael was thinking 911. Because I told him, I just went out into the universe and bent time-space continuum. Now, what would you do if your wife told you that? You wouldn't tell anybody, for sure. <clears throat> so Michael says, Angela, that was just a dream. I said, to you, maybe. But I'm telling you, something just happened. I can't explain it, but it was real. So, in 2016, on February the 11th, or 2-11. It was announced from my hometown, Livingston, an international press conference that two galaxies had gathered. And in the town I grew up in, when, and I moved there when I was two. And in that lab, there are two directions of this building. It looks like a cross. They recorded the sound of gravity for the first time ever. And the only reason that lab was even built, and there's two of them in the world, two, was because Einstein had predicted that if two galaxies ever gathered together and became one, that we would be able to record gravity, the sound of it. I'm serious. And so it wasn't even, it wasn't even proven yet that we don't even know what gravity is. The, the mystery of gravity has not been unveiled, and man's trying to find the mystery of gravity. So that's why this lab is there. But on 2-11-2016, which is the fullness of man and the fullness of man, the fullness of the two and the fullness of man, in 20, that's what 2016 is. Add it together, it's 10. No, 9, which is, it means um, harvest. So on 2.11, it's announced to the world that on Rosh Hashanah, two galaxies came together, formed one galaxy, and bit time-space continuum. And it was recorded. 
I just say, take it to the courts, heavenly host, and great cloud of witnesses. That's what I say. As often as I'm reminded, I say, take this to the courts because there's your prophets right there. There's your witnesses. The courts need two or more witnesses. I'm one and that's another one. Go testify in the court. And so that year, I go to Chautauqua and prophesy on the number 16 and it turns 16 degrees. And it was not supposed to be 16 degrees. It was in the spring. Everybody had put, put up all of their stuff. Now, we'll give you a little bit more backstory. I ministered to a man, young man named Ben, and Ben had a vision of peace on earth, no, no hunger, no war, a brand new earth, and it freaked him out so bad he began to tremble and he was scared to tell anybody what he saw. And I explained to him about quantum physics and about the glory of God being inside of him and the glory of God, glory of God inside of us when we, when we release that as we be in the door and we release the glory of God into the earth, that it will change the whole earth. And he said, but I don't see how one person can change the whole earth. I said, Jesus did. He was the firstborn of many sons, and we're supposed to be manifesting or be unveiled as those sons. So I did an emotional release on him. I laid hands on him. I prayed for him, anointed with oil. And he went through a myriad of emotions, and every time his emotion changed, the weather changed. It went from 74 degrees to raining, to rain and sleet, to rain, sleet, wind, and snow, to wind only, dried up all the sleet, the rain, and the snow, and then the sun came out, and it was perfectly still, and then it snowed, and there were four inches of snow on the ground that stuck, all within one and a half hours. And I told him, that's your evidence that you and what's inside of you can change the whole world. God didn't show you that for no reason. And it was the time of Benjamin. I said, but after Benjamin comes Dinah. Dinah's the only child of Jacob that was a female. Her name means justice. But Dinah was tenderly loved by a man whose name means burden. But they were not in covenant, so it was against the law for them to marry or to have intercourse. But she was in love with them. The Bible calls it that he raped her. But how could he be tender, tenderly devoted and it be rape? Because the law said they couldn't be together. So just like statutory rape, that's why it was called rape. It wasn't that he was against Dinah. Now, Burden was the son of Calamor. So basically, Justice married Burden, the son of Calamor. And entered into covenant with Jacob, whose name means one who is tricked by sorrow and suffering. So they enter into covenant, and they have to circumcise themselves. And on the third day of that covenant, Simeon, which means ears, and Levi, which means unity, decided that they would take justice into their own hands. <clears throat> and they were going to honor justice. And so they killed Burden, Calamor, and all the people that Jacob had made a covenant with. And then Dinah was brokenhearted. And she no longer desired justice, and she didn't want justice to begin with. You know what she wanted? Mercy. Truly mercy triumphs over judgment. That's a, that is a type and shadow of what the bride will do. It's who she is. So I told you that to go back to I'm in Chautauqua 
on resurrected body and explain to you about 211 because Thomas Edison has a lot of history there <clears throat> and I got some revelation about the positive, the negative, and the neutral or the in-between part while I was on that property. Well this time when I go to um, all these areas I discovered that Thomas Edison was born on 211. 1847. Add that together, it's 20. It's the fullness of two. So in the year of the fullness of two, and what is the fullness of two? 22. How do you get to 22? 11, 11. He brings the two together and brings light to the world. So while I was in Chautauqua the first time and God gave me the, some understanding about the two, I was laying on the floor and he showed me, he told me, he said, draw a dot. So I drew a dot in my mind. I just drew a dot. He said, make that one above and draw one below. So I drew one below. He said, now connect the two. He said, what do you see? I said, the number one. He said, what brought those two things together? I said, the in-between part. He said, exactly. The in-between is be the twin. Be the two. Be the two. I'm like, okay, I'll be the two. Don't know what that means, but have you spoken it and shall it not be? So what I saw was heaven, the giver, earth, the receiver, and the two coming together through Christ is where the power is. Now, I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know that Thomas Edison was down the street. I didn't know that his invention had history on this land. I just know that I'm getting this information. So I go back this, this um, past month. I just got home last night at uh, 10 o'clock as my plane landed, um, which, by the way, over there would have been 11 o'clock. And I, um, while I'm there, I'm laying on the floor, and it is, the, it is the, the holiday, the final holiday of Sukkot. Does anybody here know about Sukkot? Feast of Temples? Feast of Tabernacles? Okay. Well, last year I had a very profound thing happen in the Feast of Tabernacles. I landed in Tempe, Arizona, which means the sun state and the city called Temple. I was conceived in Arizona 50 years prior. And I landed there and I stayed in a house. For some reason they named this house and they named it Mrs. H. So basically the name of the house was Mrs. Ruach. The number on the house was 2121. And I got there four days before the Feast of Tabernacles. And during those four days, they have to have, to have the celebration of what's called the four kinds. And it says, there is four things that Solomon does not know, yet three that remain are mystery. So there were seven things that Solomon didn't know. And on those four days, God revealed to me what those four things are. A yea, the three. And then they came to me including on the day that they waved the date palm, somebody handed me a box full of date palm dessert. And it was the most awesome dessert I've ever eaten in my life. And I couldn't believe it was just freaking me out that on the day that God gives me the revelation of date palm, somebody hands me date palm and I eat it. During the Feast of Tabernacles in the city that means tabernacle. How does this stuff happen? While I'm there, seven people get healed. 
And I call all of the sons of Ishmael out of darkness and into light. And when I do, I snap my fingers and lights come on down the, ha down the hall that are all broken. They all popped on. Pow, 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 pow. I'm freaking out. They freaking out. Nobody's expecting lights to pop on, especially that are broke, but they do. So fast forward to this year. Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of the Temple, where the Holy Ghost dwells, where God dwells in, in temple, not made with man's hands. And I'm laying on the floor, and I enter into a vision that is a culmination of a vision I had in 2001, which was the first time I ever saw the bride in a vision. And the first time I saw the bride, she was in a field of flowers, wildflowers, up on a high ravine. She was laying over her own lap, sitting on a rock, and her veil covered her face. And I didn't know what she was doing. I didn't know if she was resting or what, but I eventually figured out she was weeping. And in that field, there was a, a, a beautiful, ornate, white bridge that appeared to lead to nowhere. And so I wondered what that bridge was. Well, to sin is to miss the mark, the flag, the sign, the wonder. So as I wondered... All of a sudden, I was standing on, on that bridge, and I looked at, over the edge to see what was under the bridge, like what was its purpose. And under that bridge was, were the bride's tears forming a, a little stream. And I could hear it sort of like tinkling glass. And as I heard the stream, all of a sudden, I heard the sound of a roaring, rushing water. And I thought, how could I not hear that before? How could I not hear? It was so quiet that I had to hear the, the little creek underneath the stream and then now this is the water so big this just this big roar well the minute I wondered it I was flying over a waterfall that was three waterfalls in one and I knew that it was the tears of the bride and I said to the Lord what is this and he said you see those boulders beneath the waterfall and I said yes he said those are my prophets they will receive the revelation of the bride but not many will be able to receive it. So they will take it and break it down into smaller waterfalls so that it's not so strong. And then it will go down and it will get smaller and smaller. So there were giant boulders and then the boulders got smaller and the rocks would catch each waterfall until it was a river and it looked sort of like Flathead River, which is a, a white water river with a lot of white caps and it's very rocky river. And so the water is very turbulent over those rocks. And as the stream or the river continued, then it got softer and softer the further down it went until it began, began to be this huge, huge pool of water where the water was completely still, like at peace waters. And in that water was all nations, all people, children, every tribe, every tongue, every color of person. They were all in this pool and they were having the best time. There were little babies and in between and old people. It just seemed like everybody that you could imagine was in that pool. And that was my dream. And God showed me that the revelation that would come from the tears of the bride would at some point reach all levels of mankind and bring peace. And that was in 2001. So while I'm having this vision during the very last day, which is on the eighth day, which is called um, the Sabbath. It's the, it, I don't know if it's called the Super Sabbath or the High Sabbath. But basically, there's seven days to Sukkot, yea, eight. So they celebrate for seven days, and the seventh day is the Sabbath. But for some reason, they call the eighth day the Sabbath also. Because they have two Sabbaths that day. Or those within, within that celebration. 
So this is the day that I'm having the vision, is on that day. And I'm laying on the floor, and I see Jesus on one knee. He has a pair of riding boots on. And I can't really see his clothes, but I can see his face. And he's, he's on one knee, and I can see his profile. And he's washing his face in the river. And I say, Jesus, what are you doing? And he said, I'm refreshing myself, is what he said. But I heard I am being comforted. Nehemiah means comforted. And so he's washing his face, and as he's washing his face, I realize when he says, I am being comforted, or I heard I'm being comforted, he said, I'm refreshing myself, and I heard I'm being comforted, I realize I recognize that river. It was the same river that I had seen in 2001, which was her tears. So basically, he was being comforted by the tears of the bride. And I walk, I, I, I walk over to him and I say, Jesus, my feet are burning. And he lifts me up and he sits me on the air. And he lifts my wedding gown just below the knee. And he washes my feet in my own tears. And as he puts his hand over the top of my tears, I mean over the top of my feet, like he brushes over my feet like, as he's washing them, I, all of a sudden I'm adorned with glass slippers. And I said, what are those? And he said, when sand goes through fire, it makes glass. And you, your feet ha are hot because they've gone through the fire. And so these are your slippers. And then he lifts me up and we standing on the shore of this river and he wants to dance with me. But I don't want to dance. And he's twirling me around. And I'm saying, Jesus, what are you waiting for? Why are you taking so long? Let me back up to He also, when I looked him in the eyes after he said he was comforted, he had fire in his eyes. And I told him I wanted that fire and he put his fire in my eyes and then my feet began to burn. I forgot to tell you that part. So he's dancing with me, but I don't want to dance. Now that doesn't make sense to my, not my, my human mind. My human mind says you should want to dance with Jesus. He just washed your feet. He just gave you these slippers. You have a wedding gown on. He just comforted himself in your tears. You should want to dance. But I didn't. I wanted to go back to earth and get all the broken. I couldn't enjoy dancing with him. And so I'm saying, why are you waiting? What are you waiting on? Why won't you come back? And he walks me over to a tree and there's a um, swing hanging in the tree. And we sit side by side and he holds my hand. And he just looks in my eyes. He doesn't say a word. And I'm begging him. I'm like, what's next? Won't you tell us the time? Won't you tell us the season? Your word says we won't know the day or the hour, but we'll know the season. What will it take for you to come back? I said, God, there are heroin addicts dying every day. We're selling our little girls into prostitution. We have war everywhere. Why won't you come back? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit walks up and she has a beautiful gown on and she looks like a mother. She's got long flowing hair and I can't see her face because it's shining. And she speaks something to him that I don't hear. And he gets up and she sits beside me. And I said, where is he going? And when I said that, I was hovering over those waterfalls again. And Jesus was washing himself in the waterfall. And when he stepped forward, he had a robe that was formed by her tears. And he started walking down the river. 
And I said, Jesus, what is that pool way down there? He said, it's Bethesda. Will you be Bethesda? Will you be my door? And I said, yes, I don't know what that means, but yes. And my vision was over. Now, the Feast of Sukkot, on the last day, they have what's called the water libation ceremony. And they scoop water from the pools of Shiloh. And they, they have these two vessels by the altar in the Holy of Holies. And they pour water in one vessel and they pour blood in another vessel. And the spigots that release the water and the blood are adjusted because the viscosity is different for water and blood. And they want them to run down at the same exact time so that the water and the blood reach the altar at the same time and commingle on the altar. What happened when they cut Jesus' side? Blood and water flowed. They also have a lamp that they light during that time. And that lamp has four bowls. Each, I think it has 50 gallons of olive oil. And they take the priestly garments and that becomes the wick of this lamp. And they, depart, they cut Jesus' robes or they parted Jesus' robes into four. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Well, that lamp was called the light of Jerusalem. And it lit up every place. It was such a tall lamp and it burned so bright that during the Feast of Sukkot, it would light up everything. As the blood and the water was being poured into the Holy of Holies. And then afterwards, the priest would have to walk through the water and, and have what's called, a, uh, I think it's called a mitzvah. They had to go through cleansing water. And when they came out the other side, they got a white robe. Can y'all hear me? The blood of God was washing his face in the tears of the bride. Blood and water was commingled. On that same holiday, guess what they do with the Torah? You forgot to say that he came out with the white robe. Well, I did. I say when he came out from underneath the, 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 when he came out from underneath the waterfall, her tears became his robe. Well, it was, it's not really white. It's, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's almost transparent, clear, shiny. It reflects light. So it appears it's white, but it's really transparent. But it glistens. So it, when, it ca when something reflects all light, it looks white. And actually their, their garment, was, their robe for the priest was made out of linen. It was see-through. And so when he comes out from under that water, which is her tears, he has this robe on that's made from her tears. So in the Feast of Sukkot, they actually do that and get a robe, but they also dance with the Torah. They literally take scrolls and hold them and they dance with them at the fullness of this culmination of this festival. And I danced with the Word of God on the shores in my glass slippers. Now, the next day, I'm trying to make sense of all this. And I'm reading that. I, I didn't know this happened. I did not know what all the Feast of Sukkot, even though I studied last year. Last year, I studied those four, those four things, those four kinds. That's why they call them four kinds. They don't know what they are. That I, was, I was getting the four kinds information and the date palm and all that. But I didn't know about the water libation until this year. And I didn't know they danced with the Torah. So I'm studying on my phone, looking up under the... Chabad or Kabad, however they say it, and all the different Hebrew websites I can find. And there's something called the crown slippers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the crown slippers. What is that? And so 
let me back up. One of the ladies that was at the meeting said she saw Michael, the archangel. She said, I've never seen him before. I've seen a lot of angels, but I've never seen him. I wonder what he was doing here. He has a gold vest on. So I look up this crown slippers, and it's a parable that the rabbis have written over many, many years ago. And it's where somebody asked Michael, what is all this mess? Like they, let, it was in, they were in heaven. And he says, these are the slippers. For we danced until our shoes fell off with the, with the Torah. And so they literally believe that Michael was the one who kind of cleans up the mess, if you will, from the party or the celebration. Now, Michael means duality. His name means war. It means opposites. It literally means in the beginning. That word beginning is with the letter bet. And it means duality. It means the two. And it's the second letter of the alphabet. The two have become one. So in Daniel, on the 21st day, we're in the 21st century. Gabriel, which means strength, wrestles against Persia. And can't get the message to Daniel because of Persia. Now Persia and Grisha is the same place. It means logic and perception. Now, I had to leave Ohio and go through the head to get to the new earth. Ohio means eyes. I had to leave my perception to go through the head to get to the place of the resurrected body. Why? Because there's a place in the head called Peniel. Where did Jacob overcome sorrow and suffering? At the place called Peniel. It's the very part of the brain that when you go into sorrow and suffering and you're no longer deceived by it, you become Israel. And God never stopped calling him both. From then on, he was called Jacob and Israel. And when God blessed him, he blessed both. So what is negative and positive? It's male and female. It's God made Adam after his own image male and female created he them so when he made adam eve was already inside of him so what does eve mean it means a receiving place it means a place that's absent of the gift it means soil it means dust it means dirt it means a place where you plant your seed it means a place for the word to go in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Guess what's the only way for a man's seed to become flesh? He must deposit it into the Eve. Now, Eve and evening is the same word. Eve and equal is the same word. Eve and ever, wherever, whenever, even. What does he call her in this song? My equal, my twin. My evening is the same word. See, there's a mystery of Eve that hasn't yet been revealed because it was hidden. It's called concealed. And it's the word cell, like a cell in your body, also means concealed. What did he do with the prophets every time he gave them revelation? He said, seal it up, cover it, conceal it. And what does God cover his earth with? Mulch. And mulch means mercy. So God covers us in mercy. Why? Because without a covering, we become dry dust. And the Bible says that from 
dust you came and to dust you shall return. If you translate it in the Hebrew, it says, I, I formed you out of bloody mud, blood and mud. And you left your former state. And you returned to dust. And after you've eaten dust enough, after you've crawled on your belly and eaten enough dust, sound familiar? You will return to bloody mud. You'll come back to life. You'll come back to the tree. And in Revelation, it says, and after you receive your crown, you'll be given the gift to eat from the tree in the midst. The tree of eternal life. It's inside of you. The glory of God is in you, Mike. It's already there. It's in the Eve part. It's in the inside part. It's in the dark parts. It's in the part you can't see. Well, Angela, you can't, God's not going to lead us by the hardest. It's wicked. Man's supposed to plant seed in a dark place. That's where it goes. But we've been afraid of the dark because we didn't have the mystery unveiled yet. And the mystery of Eve is upon us. If you see God in all things, at all times, that means you're not looking for an enemy anymore. Why? Because perfect love has come. And you know that even if it is against you, it can't manifest against you. It's not possible. Balaam told Balak, even if you sell everything you have. He said, failure, if you, give, if you fail everything, if you take all your riches, everything that's failed, and you give me waste that, I still cannot curse Israel because God has blessed them. If you go look in the, the letter to the seven churches, one of them is, you have had adultery with Balaam and Balak, waste and failure. He also says we have um, adultery with another one. I can't remember the name of it, but it literally means success. So if you get your identity out of, out of your failures and your waste or out of your success, it's adultery. But if you know that you are the soil, if you know that you are the darkness that had no light of its own, that the light came into you and you perceived it not, do you know the light of God's been in you a long time and you didn't even, it's called the glory of God's been in you and you perceived it not? We've perceived it not that the glory of God's in us. But isn't it, isn't it understood that a seed is supposed to die? It's supposed to fall into the earth and die. It's supposed to go into the dark place and die. It's supposed to go into there and divide. Why? Because you can't have multiplication without division. And the harvest is the fullness of multiplication. It's what it is. So just yesterday, six hours after it was posted, Sid, I, I saw Sid Roth's post. And it said, Miracle in Israel. And it happened from a city called Tel Aviv. Yes. This is what happened. He went to Tel Aviv, and he was going to preach, and he did. He preached Jesus as the, as the Messiah. 33 buses. How old was Jesus when he died? 33. 33 buses bring 1,800. There's your eight, Michael. 1,800 Jewish people to listen to Sid Roth, who's a Messianic Jew. He preaches Jesus, and 1,000 people get healed with nobody touching them. All of them Jews. Yes, ma'am. From Tel Aviv. Can you hear me? Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. 
The mystery of Eve revealed had to be testified in the earth. A sign and a wonder had to show up. Why? Because God testifies of his word when it's unveiled. I put the video up and I put all the revelation that, uh, yeah. So not only was a thousand people healed, of the 1800, about 98% stood up and professed Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Now, this is important that 1,000 got healed. Why? Because 1,000 means myriad. 1,000 means a number that no man can count. 1,000 is the, is the word that means the promise of Abraham as the stars of the sea and the sand, I mean, the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea. It's, Mirab is still promised to the throne of David. So for those of you that didn't hear this a while ago, I'm going to tell you who Mirab is. David fell in love with Mirab. Her, her name means myriad. It means a number that can't be counted, or 1,000. People go, well, you can count to 1,000. Well, go study the Gematra and you'll see what I'm talking about. Go study numbers from a Hebrew perspective and you'll understand that, that 1,000 doesn't just mean 1,000. It means when you reach 1,000, you have to add one more. And by the way, the number 11 means to add one more. So... Um, Mirab was promised to David. Why? Because he saw that she was beautiful. And so Saul says to him, if you will go kill 100 Philistines and bring back their foreskins, I will give you Mirab. Well, David was so zealous for her that he killed 200 Philistines and brought back 200 foreskins. So he actually had enough wages to get two wives. And he got Micah, which means war. It means duality. It means he got the two. The two have to become one. So he gets the two, called Micah, but he, he doesn't get Mirab. Saul tricks him. But Saul gives Mirab to a man whose name means ancient of days. The kingdom of God, I'm telling you, is upon us. And King Jesus, who is the throne of David himself, he is the high place. He is the holy of holies. He will have his mirab. Why? Because the covenant has yet to be fulfilled. That's why Saul couldn't give him mirab. Because it was a hidden mystery of who the bride is. So when Jesus comes back, he's going to have his myriad accept him. Well, those 1,000 people received their healing and accepted him in a place called Tel Aviv. We have so many prophets around us right now 